like when you think about it now, for somebody like me, it sounds like the craziest thing. Back then, I guess it was normal. It was normal. So you had to you pick them up with your fingers? Still, and no, you can pick them up with forceps or whatever, yeah. yeah and then you put them on? Put them on the patient. 72-year-old Betty Schley remembers one of the many unique treatments hospitals used decades ago. A lot of the treatments, um, <clears throat> I spoke uh, before about one of the treatments for someone that has... Um, that is like a hemophiliac that has a clotting problem and everything, and where we use leeches to, okay, <laughs> off it. And you have to make sure that you know how many you put on, and you gotta count them when you take them back off to make sure you don't miss any leech after it's done its treatment. You know, things like that that are really very different. Wow, how many would you normally use? Well, it depends. It depends on the severity of the illness and, and whatever, you know, it could be anywhere from, you know, two to three, you could maybe put six on. Betty's still going strong as a full-time nurse in the pediatric department at Banner Thunderbird Medical Center in Glendale, Arizona. She could have retired years ago, but she loves what she does and her work at the hospital is simply where her heart is. From 7 at night until 7.30 in the morning, Betty works 12-hour shifts that allow her the chance to continue helping kids through a tough time. She's treated thousands of children during her career. It's taken her to places all over the globe, Canada, Saudi Arabia, Hawaii, but now she calls Metro Phoenix home. Betty's seen a ton of changes in hospitals over the years, and wow, does she have some great stories to share. This is Banner Health Storytelling Podcast, Bedside Stories, highlighting some of the most emotionally compelling experiences that take place behind the scenes in healthcare. Today, we bring you episode four, A Lifetime of Good Karma. It's always cool to meet someone who's known since they were a kid exactly what they were destined to do in life. I, you know, when I think back, I think back to being, uh, you know, playing with my dolls and everything like that, and I was always bandaging them up. I first started in the hospital when I was, what, 13 years old, I came in as a candy striper. So, pretty much, to me, it's like my whole life I have been in a hospital. The term candy stripers are what we now know as hospital volunteers. Years ago, female volunteers traditionally wore red and white striped outfits. They had the same color pattern of a candy cane. Betty enjoyed candy striping so much, she decided to become a licensed nurse. She graduated with her degree in 1965, and from there, her career really took her around the world. She's been with Banner Health for the past three years, first as a nurse at Cardin Children's Medical Center in Mesa, Arizona, and now she's at Banner Thunderbird. That's important to note because we're about to get to the really good stuff here, before Betty worked for Banner Health. Now, think back to when she started, the 1960s, when Lyndon Johnson was president, the war in Vietnam was going on, and efforts to educate the public about the health risks of tobacco were really just starting. When I first started as a candy striper in the hospital, okay, I can remember most everybody smoked, or a lot more people smoked than, because we didn't have the research then and it wasn't brought forward. Betty remembers when even patients suffering from respiratory issues were allowed to smoke in their hospital rooms. We used to put paper bags, we would fold the tops back and we would tape the paper bag to the side of the bed and that's where our patients put their ashes. In paper, no less. In paper, no less. <laughs> so you would have burn holes in the blankets and the sheets on the bed. It's amazing. I mean, it's truly amazing that we didn't have more fires 
and in a wooden structure like it just is totally unreal compared to nowadays. Did you ever have to go in and find like the paper was smoldering and all that stuff? Oh yes, yes, yes. And you would take it over to the sink and pour water in it and then it would go in the garbage can. Just another day at the office. Just another right? day at the office. You never thought anything of it because that's what we did. Totally jumping around here, but back to the, uh, uh, the leeches because it's fascinating <laughs> to everybody listening, I guarantee um, so did they keep, where do they, how do they keep them? Like, just, oh, what just, are the practicalities of that? <laughs> you just, you went, you got them from the lab. The lab looked after them and whatever, and yeah. So there was and someone whose just, job was to keep these leeches yeah. healthy. Yeah. And yeah. hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and hungry, yeah. I, on that part, I don't, that part I don't know about, but you know, yeah. You just went to the lab just, and got them. You just them. went to the lab and got them, yeah. Did know? the doctor prescribe just, yeah. 10 leeches? <laughs> we need 10 leeches it for was, this. It was all up to the doctor. He was the one that was doing the ordering. <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That is so interesting. Boy, it's changed. And you know, 30 or 40 years from now, it will be it will be absolutely changed again. Yeah. When you think about it, when you think about Florence Nightingale, she was in uniform and she had the big flowing hat, then the hats went a little bit smaller and smaller, and now we don't wear them at all. Betty remembers when infection prevention wasn't as well practiced as it is today. When she first started nursing in Canada, Betty says medical staff rarely wore gloves except in the operating room or when changing a wound dressing. Providers just washed their hands after treating a patient, and that's that's really all they knew. Oh, and if you needed a heating pad for an injury, nurses had to make their own. And if they weren't careful, they might burn the heck out of somebody in the process. And I mentioned to some of the young girls too, I said, we didn't have heating pads. We didn't have these packs that you could just snap and they're nice and warm. We made mustard plaster. And they said, mustard plaster? What's mustard plaster? They looked at me as if I had three heads. Things like that that are very different. Mustard plaster is made from dry mustard the dry powdered mustard, you make a paste out of it, you spread it on your cloth, and you put it on the patient. But you have to be very careful because it does get really warm and it can scald them. Now I'm no fashion expert, but can we talk about the uniform that Betty wore back in the day? Today, nursing uniforms or scrubs are color coordinated and they consist of a short sleeve shirt and pants. But back then, the common uniform for Betty and her fellow nurses was a white dress that had to fall below the knee. An apron went over the dress, and white shoes and stockings were the norm. Nurses at that time also had to wear a cap that never seemed to stay put, unless they used a truckload of bobby pins and lots of aquanet in their hair to keep it from falling off. I had many that were knocked off on my head that fell in the toilet, or they, you know, they just went flying yeah. because, you know, you had some elderly person that was confused or dementia or whatever, and, you know, you just, it just happened. Just there the was no, ones. yeah, no, no sneakers, no running shoes, no nothing. It was leather shoes right. that, you know, if blood dripped on them or something like that, right. you cleaned them off and you polished them white mm -hmm. so that they were ready for the next day. I asked Betty about the biggest change that she's seen throughout her career. Well, the biggest one is going to computers. Uh, the computer age has totally changed everything. For me, being in it for 54 years, it's really difficult to get used to that change. The electronics are just, I, I, to me it takes away from the patient, it takes away from that conversation, that time that you spend at the bedside with them. Because I work in pediatrics, okay, um, trying to connect with teenagers is difficult. 
because they are used to the machines. So just like when they come into the hospital and they're ill and whatever, when you're trying to get a history from them to find out what's going on, they don't look at you. There's, you don't have that same connection that we used to have. And, and it's hard to try and draw things out of them because they're not used to conversations. So there's a, a bit of a limited window, it sounds like, in what you get for each patient now versus what it used to be, right? I feel there is, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm one of these nurses that likes to spend time. That's why I'm still working on the floor. Betty agrees that advances in technology have revolutionized healthcare. Certainly, you know, we have heart transplants now. We didn't. Mm -hmm. When I first started, there was no heart transplants then. Yeah, you know, for the first... Wow. 10, 15 years of my nursing career, nobody got a heart transplant then. So, you know, and, and now it's, I mean, they happen all the time. Just like liver transplants or kidney transplants, lung trans, all of those things, you know, this just the advantage. Technology, I think, has made a big difference. We have robots now that are in the operating room and that are in hospitals. I, it's, I mean, when I first started, I was in a, in a little 32-bed hospital that was wooden. It was all wooden. It was wooden floors. Everything was wood. So you could have retired when? Let's see. I'm trying to do the math here. I'm terrible <laughs> at that. You could have retired a, a while ago. A while ago, a while yes. Ago. I could have. Yes. What, kept, what keeps you coming back? Well, I attempted to retire. I lasted five months. And I, I said, okay, this is it. I'm just going to relax and whatever. I missed the contact. I missed the people that I worked with. I, and I missed my patients, too. It was just uh, like, um, like I say, I know now while people, people that retire early or people that retire, they think, oh, okay, I'm going to retire, that's it, I'm done. And then all of a sudden they have nothing to do and, and they die because there is nothing to keep them going. I have something to get up to every day and, and you know, maybe make a difference in someone's life. And I'm hoping that over these last 54 years I have to a few people anyway. <laughs> So after this really fun interview with Betty, I, I closed my laptop and I put away the microphone. We were just about to go our separate ways when Betty mentioned something to me in passing that made me say, hold up, we need to tell everybody about this too. Check this out. I'm going to climb uh, Mount Kilimanjaro in February. It's something that has been on my bucket list and I promised myself I would do it two years ago when I turned 70, that was supposed to be my birthday present. Didn't make it, but I am doing it this February. It's a 10-day trip. We're doing a private climb, 19,000, just over 19,000 feet at the peak. It's a trail. It's not mountain climbing. We're not doing, you know, ropes and all that. But, um, yeah, it's still a climb, and I'm so excited about it. It's a bucket list thing. Yes, it is. Do you have other things on your bucket list that are coming up or that you're going to do? Uh, two things. Two things. I want to see the Taj Mahal. I've not been to India to see the Taj Mahal. And I want to see the Great Wall. So those are the two, only two things that I have left. I've um, been on all seven continents. So I've done Antarctica already and been you know, on every other continent. So what were, the what were there other things on your bucket list that you've done already that are worth mentioning? <clears throat> Scuba diving in the Red Sea, scuba diving off of Thailand, um, doing some ice diving in, in Canada. <laughs> you did all that? Uh, yeah, 
Yeah. Wow, what a life so, you've had. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. All this good karma you built up for yourself as a nurse good ended up. <laughs> well, I think so. I like I. I think it, it has um, with the people that I've met in all the different facilities that I've worked at. Um, you know, they tell me about all these exciting things they've done and seen. And uh, well, why can't I do it? I don't need to just work all the time. I need to go and experience some of these things too. So. This is the plan for next year. This is the big plan. My mom was 100 years old when she passed away and whatever. So I've always told everybody I have really good genes. I hope to make it that far, but I'm not sure. But I can't wait. She, my mom walked five miles every day up until she was 96 years of age. That's when she fell and broke her hip, and that was kind of downhill from there. But she still managed to walk but she used to walk her. But for me, I just, I, I have to do all these things now. And I tell everyone, you're only as old as you think you are. If you think that you can't do it, then you'll never do it. So 40 years from now, one of these nurses that's working here now, these uh, will be, somebody like me will be interviewing them and they'll be telling about, uh, can you believe that we used to use robots to do the, <laughs> Right. Exactly, because there will be something else. Yeah. I, I don't I, I do know that there will always be work for nurses. That we will always as long as people are on this earth, we're going to need nurses because there are some things that robots and electronics and everything they can't do. That personal touch, whether it's just a hand, uh, a, a, you know, a pat on the shoulder or something, if you we, we can't survive. We can't survive with, with not having that somewhere along the line. I will continue to work as long as I feel that I can. As long as I'm doing my job and no one has to pick up my slack, then I'll keep on working. I, I, it's because I like it. I, I, I like what I do. I love what I do. And so I'll, so I'll keep at it. For Banner Health, I'm Corey Schubert, and this is Bedside Stories. For more stories like this, we invite you to subscribe to this podcast. Leave a review to let us know what you think or leave a note on social media, and we would absolutely love for you to share your favorite episodes with friends. For more info about Banner Health, visit us online at bannerhealth.com. And until next time, thanks so much for listening.